What's cooler than that? So uh, yeah, pull that up on you, man. Which is dumb. I think we should all. I would certainly volunteer for one anytime. But... Really? <laughs> so how does that work? You That's guys just are just the... not. You're exempt. Yes. Really? <laughs> oh, what the hell? So what are the rules right now in our state? We still haven't passed it. I know there's some. Some of it's legal, right? Me- me- medical marijuana is legal here or no? Yeah, so we got medical marijuana and then uh, uh, recreational marijuana has uh, um, come to uh, the ballot. What is it? Twice now, three times. Uh, I guess I don't recall, but uh, uh, that's been out there. It's been defeated each time, of course. Why? Well, do you think just everybody says it's old people? In our state? Um, yeah, I wouldn't really say that. Um, you know, you could kind of look at it by counties. And uh, in our county, it was defeated. I mean, you can go on the, the, the Secretary of State website and look at all the different uh, voting uh, districts and stuff. In our co- county, it was uh, destroyed quite uh, heavily, which kind of surprised me. So uh, I was surprised, too. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> that was weird, man. I can't say I was super disappointed because, I don't know, I think I've smoked weed three times in my life. Mm-hmm. And just one time I was really drunk, didn't affect me whatsoever. You know, I don't know. I was drunk, right? What's, sure. what's the point? <clears throat> the second time, wait, I think I did it once with you. That one was okay, but it just, I don't know. Some people get addicted <laughs> to things and it just doesn't. Well, I mean, and I have family members. I'm not going to get into specifics, but uh, you know, talk about addictive personalities. And uh, you know, I have a a sibling who has a extremely addictive personality, whether it's uh, drugs, alcohol, or or gambling. Um, you know, and, and God bless her. But uh, you know, I'm in the same way. I just don't have that addictive personality. I, you know, when I was younger in college, uh, I did the the marijuana thing too, and I, you know, I I don't hide. You know, when you talk about drug usage or depression or things like that, I, I'm very open about uh, my past with that because that's, uh, I think if people can identify with me and we can have those conversations, maybe they'll, uh, you know, maybe I can help somebody out. Right. But uh, yeah, when I was in college, I tried it several times, but like you, it just, eh, it doesn't do much for me. You know? No, I don't, I don't have that in me. It just, <laughs> even, even vape pens, oddly enough, vape pens, I was really against for a long time. Sure. And then- smoke them constantly so every now and again i'd be in these scenarios where whatever we're hanging out it's the weekend i'm like let me try that right <laughs> i tried it and i think vape pens it's wild because i f- i almost feel like i'm not gonna say they should be illegal but for someone who doesn't do anything like me really mm-hmm. all i do i drink right i don't really do any drug wise nothing okay so i hit that vape pen man and Flying like high, yeah, if you've high. ever smoked a cigarette, right? Yeah, like a and you're a non-smoker, yeah. <laughs> it'll give you this ridiculous high, <laughs> this buzz. And I hit that vape pen and I felt like I was hammered immediately. Ugh. And I was like, if I'd have done this when I was driving, right? How's yeah. that, a, you know, it's, yeah, it's I, not a good thing. No, no. And, and it, that's just the the point, you know, everything affects everybody differently and uh you know, to that point, I go talk to kids uh, quite often and we talk about marijuana vapes and all that other stuff. And I've never, I, I can't speak intelligently about vapes. I never put it in my mouth. I've never done it. Never will. Um, you know, oh, oh chemi- what? <laughs> uh, chemical, you know, 
you know, you get I, older and you try, you appreciate your body a little bit more. Right. You know? And there's certain chemicals, you know, I say that and I drink whiskey, but uh, <laughs> there's certain chemicals that I'm not going to shove in my lungs. You know, I've, I've ingested enough stuff when I'm doing manual labor over the years in my lungs. But, you know, talking to kids about, uh, you know, marijuana and, uh, you know, I'm 46 years old and the, the marijuana that I smoked back in college is not the marijuana of today, you know. Mm-hmm. No, I'm you, sure You not. have THC levels that are... <laughs> uh, absolutely off the charts now and we don't know how that affects people's brains so uh you know they often throw the argument out well it's a natural it's a natural drug it comes out of the ground well yeah the stuff i did was the stuff you're doing now is is absolutely not and as soon as man gets his little fingers in anything we screw it up right so that's true uh, marijuana is definitely Definitely that way, but but uh, before you know, we move on, I just want to thank you guys for having me here. Uh, yeah, I was going to say introduce to, yourself. Uh, we didn't get to that. Yeah. Uh, glad to see you guys are here and safe from that Jason Aldean song. So that's, uh, <laughs> you know what, man, I had that written down. I was going to ask you about that. What you thought about the Jason? I was going to say the Hodge Twins just came out with. Honestly, a I have shirt. no idea even what it's. I just know everybody's on it and. Stuff going on. I don't even know what the song's about, to be honest. Well, oh, I, I, I listened listen to, to it. it. <laughs> I listened to it um, earlier today, just because I guess I thought it was an older song, but I guess oh, he yeah. just came out with it because the video was put up like two weeks ago or something like that. I saw, and it's got like mm-hmm. twenty-two million views, and the comments are just full of nobody. Everybody's saying how much they love Jason Aldean and how mm-hmm. much this is all BS. And obviously, anybody with common sense can see that, right? That. But what he's saying, it's got nothing to do with any kind of racism. It's got nothing. It's just common sense, and and it's it's really true. When you go to small towns, mm-hmm. everybody knows it's it's a pretty simple concept to grasp. It's we're, like we're living in one, you know? right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a it's like even even to make it smaller, go to a gated community, right, mm-hmm. and just. Try to break into a few people's houses while you're in there. You know, something, it's not going to go well for you. Your neighbor, the neighbors are going to call the, all these people, they know each other, right? And they're going to look out for each other. And that's basically what he's saying. Mm-hmm. You're going to come into a town that's small. People respect each other. People have their own way of living their lives. They don't want you to destroy it. They mm-hmm. respect the country. And you're going to try to burn businesses. You're going to loot. You're gonna, all this nonsense. So, that's pretty much all he was saying in that song, and somebody just took it completely out of context. Well, a lot of people did. And, a lot. Uh, uh, you know, this is my my problem with society these days, and, uh, you know, everybody's looking for a fight. Um, and that song, I mean, the people that, uh, and I've talked to several people that have issues with it that haven't even listen to it, you know, like you said, <laughs> yeah. hey, if you're gonna have an issue with something, why don't you do the research? Again, another problem with our society is we, you know, without even educating ourselves, but there is absolutely nothing in that song that is anything to do with uh, anything that is this liberal left wing. And, and before I, I go off on this tangent, uh, you know, everybody thinks I'm this Attila the Hun right wing fanatic and uh, that couldn't be further from the truth, um, you know, uh, because of my stances on, you know, COVID and uh, the mask uh, mandate. Uh, we can talk about that a little bit later, mm. but, um, and my second amendment stance and all that, and first amendment for that matter. But, uh, you know, my parents are extremely left-wing liberal, I mean, extremely. And so I grew up around that and uh, my mother was actually a hippie, God bless her heart. Uh, back in the 60s but uh, you know 
I just, especially from that side, you are seeing a lot of um, hypocrite, hypocritical stuff. And hypocrites are, are like the the worst for me. You know, I'm one of those. I've done some stupid stuff in my life and I step up and I own it and I admit it and, and I try to learn from it and move on and be a better person. But, uh, you're just seeing that more, not that the right doesn't do it because they certainly do, but more from the left, uh, you know, uh, do as I say, not as I do kind of thing. And oh, it's yeah. okay for me. And you look at all this music that they approve of and not to pick on rap music, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, that never gets talked about. Then Jason Aldean comes up with a subtle, whatever that has nothing to do with anything. And, uh, you got the yeah. WAP song playing Terrible. on regular radio Terrible. and that's okay for like everybody to listen to. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's pick your battles folks. And they just don't do it. But no, that was 100%. One of the first things that came to my mind when I heard that people were freaking out about that song. Mm-hmm. I can bring up a million rap songs to talk about murder and yeah. all the, the goriest things you want to hear. And it's like to to pick, to single out and they're talking to the people that they're talking about. They're going to, they're making it racist, right? With the Jason Aldean mm-hmm. song. So the people that they're saying that he is referring to as maybe he's, I don't know. And whatever he's demeaning them or he's, telling them he's in some court some sort of group or whatever that group of people every rap song that's with these lyrics that we all know these hateful just brutal lyrics they're talking about minorities usually like i killed this you know i did this i did that right so it's 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 really wild i don't understand why it's like if you don't like it don't listen to it I don't get it though. Yeah, <laughs> but if but if you study this stuff historically, there again, the people history is such a dirty word now. You go back and you look at civil unrest or riots. There are far more instances of white people uh, rioting and wrecking. So you look at after sports sporting events in Boston or out oh, on the yeah. East Coast, it's predominantly white people going out and trashing the city because their team lost or their team won. Or there's no rhyme or reason to it. They go out and just trash stuff in the streets but when you talk about um, you know the antifa stuff and and the stuff post uh, george floyd again that was just as many if not more white people than than anybody else and uh, of course a lot of that you know, was paid uh for higher stuff but you know one of the instances that really uh chaps me um as a law enforcement officer as a sheriff um was what occurred down at the sturgis rally uh, I think it was two years ago and I don't know if you guys are familiar, but you should look up the video. So a group, and I'm assuming they were paid a very small group and I believe they're all white kids, uh, fresh out of their parents' basement or something. I don't know. Parents must've kicked them <laughs> out for the weekend, but, uh, they go down to the Sturgis rally and they're protesting. Uh, yeah. And they're talking about, uh, whatever it was. I don't know if it was Black Lives Matter. I think it was a whole hodgepodge of things. Uh, mm. And they're in the middle of the Sturgis rally and they're expecting the law enforcement to surround them and protect them while they poke at these these bikers, you know? <laughs> and had that been me, no, absolutely no way. I am not dedicated. We're so, You know, those guys are so over, man, or, you know, outmanned in Sturgis, uh, the police force. They can't keep up with what's going on as it is. Now I'm supposed to sit here and babysit you guys? Absolutely not. Yeah. You know, had that been our community, you guys, you're on your own. You know, we'll certainly come. Uh, you know, take a report when you guys 
Oh, sweep up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll do what we normally do, but I can't sit here and babysit you. Nor will I. I mean, just the stupidity of something like that, and, and that to me magnified how stupid all of it was. I mean, peaceful protest. Like I said, my mother was a hippie. Uh, peaceful protesting. I'm all about that. I'm all about going out, getting your point across, and however you want to do that. And God bless it. That's that's our country. We're we're able right. to do that stuff. And I talk about the First Amendment. And that's, that's what that's all about. But, uh, yeah, when you start wrecking other people's stuff and, and we go into that BS, then uh, I got no time for it. And I, I think you guys agree with me on that. But 100%. I'm going to yeah. buy a shirt. The Hodge Twins are selling a shirt that says, <laughs> don't try that in a small town. <laughs> I have to get it now. They've made it famous and it's, <laughs> I like it. I love the song too. Mm -hmm. That's the crazy thing. But <clears throat> one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was the drugs that are coming through. I don't know if so much there's a, you'll probably know this better than I will, I suppose. If there is a huge drug problem, there probably isn't a huge one here. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I don't necessarily see it like the signs of it, I guess. We've got a lot of guys here who work, you know, it's rig life, it's oil field life, it's whatever. <laughs> there's nothing to do. At the end of the week, you want to go, there's a couple of things you can do. You can drink or you can do drugs. <laughs> That's pretty much the only thing I can think of. In this. I mean, you can fish. Obviously, there's the good, wholesome ways you can have fun. But sure. I don't know. I don't. You, you would think. Obviously, do I do to cope with like with their, how their life is. Right. Basically, yeah. And we have <laughs> and I don't necessarily mean this in a negative way or anything, but we've got trailer courts and stuff here, mm -hmm. trailer parks. And and I've never gone into those areas. So I don't know if the drug scene in our town is an issue, really, because I don't feel like I see it. Mm -hmm. You guys, are you seeing a lot of. Well, I, you know, I worked canine for 15 15 years approximately in the, in the area here. Um, and then of course I was elected sheriff and, uh, you know, I continue on with helping our help train our dogs and I'm wearing the shirt today cause I get free canine stuff all the time. But, um, yeah, I, I think even way back then you'd be surprised at what happens when the lights go out in this, this mm. little town in this little County. And, uh, uh, it's far worse per capita than I, people know or people believe and you talk about trailer court you know certainly i don't want to 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 add to that stigma or uh, stereotype but uh you know there are one or two trailer courts in town that are far worse than uh you know the average neighborhood so uh you know that's just drug life you know you look in that big cities or you look in smaller communities they gravitate gravitate towards each other and that's just the way it is um you know when we get people out of treatment what's the first thing they do to fall back in they go back with those old friends and uh and get back into it you know uh, if you don't stay away from your old friends that are still using you're never going to get better right first right. of all you gotta want to get better but uh that's what you're seeing in these you know trailer courts or wherever neighborhoods uh, you'll see a little conglomeration typically of people who are using but uh, you know, beyond that, no, I think you'd be surprised at some of the people that, uh, quietly use or quietly sell or, uh, but, uh, you know, we, we've had a lot of big busts here lately. Uh, can't really get into detail with some of it, but, uh, it's, there's some big stuff happening right now. So I think they'll be surprised. I've had SWAT 
I've had SWAT. Do we have a SWAT? We, we do have a SWAT team. Okay. Yes, I've had them on my lawn. <laughs> not, <laughs> not for me, for the neighbors. Apparently that house over there, they rent it, they've rented it out. I don't know if someone owns it now or, or if they're renting, but apparently mm -hmm. that house over there, I don't know. Some people had showed up. They had this massive U-Haul out there and I wasn't home. My sister was staying with me at the time and she called me and she's sending me pictures out the window of guys on the lawn they rolled up with like this big truck i don't know what it was but they were out with guns rifles walking around the house and they were all like focused on this house over here and it was wild yeah those guys are the real deal i, I did that for a couple of years and I, I you know wasn't for me um mm. you know i i uh wanted to focus more on my my canine stuff which worked out good for me but uh you know we'd be riding to to swat calls in the back of the wagon there and i'd be the one telling jokes and and goofing around, everybody else was serious and locked in. <laughs> and like, yeah, I probably shouldn't be doing this. It's on his personality, but yeah. But good guys, brave guys. That's right, for sure. right. So, are you a big dog guy? Do you keep? Are you able to keep the dog at your house at night? How does that work? With um, the well, still, I still have my retired guy. He's probably gonna be gone by the end of the year here, but uh, mm. he's thirteen years old, so uh, not doing so well. But uh, yeah, the handler, once the dog retires, has the option of, of keeping them. But when they're on duty and still active, then the, that dog stays with that handler 24 seven. So yeah, you gotta have that bond that's second to none with those dogs. So yeah, that's gotta be tough. Yeah, it's cool. I've never had a dog, but he keeps trying to get me to get one. He's got <laughs> two. Yeah. He just seems to, I don't know, you've had a bunch over the years and I don't, I'm a hair guy, you know, I haven't gotten over that fear yet because <laughs> there's even, dogs that don't shed, man. Right. And you've you said that but then they just need haircuts. Usually <laughs> no, it's, <there's, laughs> well, I understand both sides. Cause I, uh, um, I'm done. I'm that's it. That's it. I'm, it's been my life since I was uh, 28 years old, you know, mm. uh, working and training. And, and especially this is my second dog. I had two dogs over the course of my career. And that first one literally slept in the bed with me. I mean, 24 seven, we're together. You know? The second guy was a little more, uh, violent for lack of a better term. So I couldn't have him around my family. And, uh, you know, he was an outside dog and, uh, you know, he just never was socialized. So, uh, he, even around other cops, couldn't trust him. He, uh, you know, in the, the course of duty when he's doing his job, I never had a problem. I mean, and I, to this day, I, I would take him uh, on the street. He was just such a great working dog. But uh, he would, uh, if he, uh, you looked at him cross, he was going to nail you. So it didn't <laughs> matter if you were wearing a blue uniform or not. But uh, like I said, in the course of action, we were fine. But uh, even if he, if I brought him in the department and, and somebody, uh, you know, maybe scruffed his ears a little too hard he would have nailed him so oh damn and, so uh, you guys just stick with so that this is a, here's a question i got for that you guys mainly stick with male dogs then for canine units um i was curious i've never <clears throat> no i don't no, know if that really has are, nothing to do with it no it's, i was just, uh, i was curious if they use <laughs> female dogs too or not yep like you look mm -hmm. at bismarck police department i believe they still have two females and, mm. and two males um but uh yeah, they, uh, it's all the personality of the dog and the, the drive of the dog. And, and females can be just as good as males. Uh, you know, some of the, like my dog, I, I've never seen a female that intense. Um, yeah. But uh, they, they're still great working dogs, yeah. Yeah, hmm. absolutely. That's interesting. 
So, one of the other questions I wanted to ask. Um, you've got three kids. Yeah. I don't have any. So, how, how old's your oldest kid? 17. So, <laughs> kind of the scene for children in this town. Mm-hmm. What's, I don't know. Do you do you ever go to schools around here? Oh, do you course. have yeah. you have to do stuff like yeah. that? So what's what's kind of the temperature of the children in our town? Is are they are we dealing with anything crazy with our kids? Is everything kind of just monotone? It's kind of just I think we're seeing pretty much the same problems that you're seeing nationwide here. Um you know, we have uh a lot of behavioral issues um, and it really kind of magnifies at the middle school level um, and then up from there. And, and you'll see a lot of uh, historically, and I saw this with my, my daughter, uh, that 15 to 16 where they're really rough and then uh, junior, senior, they kind of start snapping out of it and, and looking to, to be those adult years and the seniors we kind of have a little bit less trouble with. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot of – and you're seeing a lot of more post-COVID uh, stuff mm. than, than we did before that. But, um, you know, I think a lot of that was uh, magnified by the, the homeschooling and whatever happened, uh, you know, mentally with our kids during that or, uh, you know, uh, maybe too much uh, – you know, they were too, uh, I'm losing the word, it's late in the day. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, they didn't uh, get out and, and socialize as much. Right. Um, and uh, too much TV and video games and stuff maybe. I don't know. But uh, I think they lost a piece at the very impressionable time in their lives, you know. Um, and, and I don't think that's maybe something they can get back or maybe it takes something to get back. We don't know. We've never had that in our society, True. you know, so it's, it's going to be kind of a curious situation to see what kind of long-term lasting effects that has on our, our, our children. But, uh, you know, so we're still seeing some roll off from that, but, um, no, it's just that kind of that age range and it's getting younger and younger, honestly, honestly. And I, I'm a, a little bit old fashioned there. I think the schools should have a little more ability to, um, you know, take some action as far as, uh, more discipline. Just thank you. Disciplinary action (laughs) with their kids. And, uh, but in that same tone, I think parents expect the school to discipline their kids, but then get mad when they do, you know? So, which I always thought was, well, I think it's ridiculous for you to expect the school to discipline your children Mm -hmm. when it's, it's kind of your responsibility. Well, you got to be a parent. There's no doubt about that. Parents are really lacking today, but you know, in the, in the same vein, you know, we have these households where both parents are working busy as can be. And it's true. And kids are on their own a lot more these days, but in, in the same breath, uh, you know, you don't want to get too far off into this, but as a law enforcement officer, you know, you'll go to calls where, you know, kids will call the cops because their parents disciplined them, you know, mm. and I'll show up. <laughs> nice try, kid, you know. Um, uh, one in particular, uh, this was probably a little inappropriate, but again, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty transparent guy. Um, I had arrived and uh, the kid had called 
911. We get there, and he said, my my mom hit me. Okay, okay, and my dad won't do anything about it. He pushed me. I'm like, okay, well, what happened? Well, I told my mom to F off. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, kid, see you later. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, I would have been through that wall. Kid. My dad is 6'4", 270. And, oh, man. Um, yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. And they expect us, you know, like, it's just crazy. Dude, um, we were we were in a group message with my dad just recently. It was, I think it was just us boys. I've got three other brothers and then my dad, and we were all in this group message. And Because my dad was a pastor for a long time. Nice. And one of my brothers said, damn, in the text. <laughs> and dad, now I'm a grown man, right? I'm 30 years old. Damn to me. When I was growing up, damn was a very, no, you don't say damn. Yeah. There was definitely no curse words. But now that I'm a grown man, the word damn, it doesn't, I don't feel it's a curse word. I don't feel there's anything wrong with it's, it. It's I feel like there's much worse words, yeah. right? Even for children to say. But my dad corrected him in the group message. He said, I forget what he said, but we were like, we were all like, oh, oh well, dad, dad's here. And he's corrected him for saying, damn. And my, my brother who said it, he's what? What is he? 20. He's in his late 20s now. I was like, geez, man, we got to watch out. Yeah, You can't just talk any Good old way. Good for him. For yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Literally had a babysitter shovel bar soap in my mouth when I was younger. And I thought my mom was coming to, I was like, I'm going to tell my mom. I thought she was going to help me out. She, <sighs> she, she basically told me to get in the car and I probably deserved it. So That's child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I nope. I, well, it didn't happen again, right? Well, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> it don't taste good. Not, not that age. So you had mentioned earlier about your Second Amendment mm -hmm. views. North Dakota is now a open carry uh, constitutional carry. Constitutional carry. Yeah. So what? I know what it means, but please. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I know what it means. <laughs> well, we get a lot of a lot of questions on that too. So constitutional carry in North Dakota essentially says, and this law keeps changing. They keep tweaking it a little bit. Uh, but uh, it used to be you had to be a resident of the state for a year, and then it was thirty days, and I believe now it's nothing. You just have to have a, uh, uh, I think, a valid ID and then uh, obviously not be a felon. Mm. Uh, you have to declare it to law enforcement. Uh, but that's about it. You can. It can't be loaded, though, right? Yes, it absolutely can be loaded. What? What's, the, what's the point of carrying an unloaded gun? <laughs> Wait, I thought the whole point. The open carry, yeah, I thought you couldn't have it loaded, but I guess. You can't loose. conceal it loaded. If you don't have a concealed carry. No, you sure right? can. You sure can conceal what? it. Yes. What? <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Okay. So const so I don't need my concealed carry permit no. in North Dakota? <laughs> I still recommend that people have their concealed carry permit because a lot of times you'll travel travel out of state and your habit becomes to have it in your on your side or in your car or whatever. And then you kind of forget about it. Right. Now you travel somewhere else who doesn't have, or most, uh, I think the majority of states do have constitutional carry now, but there's several that don't. Now you wander into one of those, which Minnesota, I believe is one of them. Mm. Um, of course. And, uh you're doing something that's legal here that's it's gonna be a problem there so uh i suggest that people do get their concealed carry and that they make sure that that concealed carry carries over to the states they're traveling into uh my biggest problem is i don't 
stay as abreast of these laws as I probably should. Uh, number one, because I feel so strongly that as long as you're not a felon and I don't care, basically, right. you're right, you're right. Um, but uh, as law enforcement officers, uh, I think it was W, George W made it so we could travel all over the country as long as we're either have a, a current valid or retired law enforcement ID, so. Did that just blow your mind? <laughs> what? I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. So basically you can, you carry concealed as long as you're legally able to do so. Right. As not a felon or whatever. But if you do have contact with law enforcement officer, you're supposed to. So when say, you say hey, hey, announce hey, it. Yeah. Hey, just so you know, I'm. And say firearm, right? Don't yeah. say gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was some, like, I've heard those YouTube videos. Like, don't say yeah. I have a gun. Yeah. He's like, oh, what? But a lot of uh, constitutionalists will, although, you know, obviously they appreciate the law. And you don't want to call it a new law because it's been around for a while. But uh, appreciate the law, but they don't appreciate the fact that they should have to tell anyone that they're carrying. Right. And, and I get that. Um, that's certainly a thing too, but no, there was a, a misnomer for a long time. And I think a lot of law enforcement is still arguing about this, but, uh, that you couldn't have uh, one in the chamber, you know, you could have a full magazine in the gun, but not one in the chamber. And that, that's, as far as I'm concerned, there's no language in there. It says that's so that's incorrect. And not only that is why would you carry a gun like that? Cause well, the yeah. time it takes you to do this, <laughs> you could be dead. You know, that's so, true. That's true. And I've always wondered that people who don't carry one, even in the chamber, it's mm -hmm. it's like, come on, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. It's like it, when you watch those movies, right? Where the guy, it's like this scene and the guy, he points his gun at another dude and they're talking for a minute. And then he's like, chick, chick, no, he's like, yeah, no, <laughs> you're like, oh, okay. Or yeah, rack the shotgun. That should already yeah. be loaded. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you didn't have one in <laughs> but, there. You know, and I want to touch on this. If we're going to talk about constitutional carry, um, because a lot more people are carrying now because of it and, and good for them, rightfully so. But, you know, we have, and I'm not picking on the ladies because there's a lot of ladies like out there that could kick my butt. But uh, uh, we have like a range night we do once a month for the ladies over at the Belfield Range. And uh, one of the first things I say to them is, you know, okay, you're looking into, because a lot of them are new to firearms. And, uh, you know, you're looking to have this to protect yourself or whatever, but if you don't think that you can pull the trigger when it matters, uh, just don't have it. I mean, it's not, it's going to be a danger to you. It's going to be a hindrance to you. You know, if you take that gun out and you're not willing to pull the trigger, which most people aren't, then that's fine. Um, don't even carry it because it's, uh, it's going to become a weapon for somebody else real quick that way. So. 100%. Yeah. I actually surprised myself just recently because we went out to that range <laughs> and I was shooting. I've got a nine millimeter pistol and I was shaking. <laughs> I was, come on. I man. couldn't figure no, out. I, I, I couldn't figure out. I was literally, you know, when you're scared and you're shaking or you're cold, mm -hmm. it was that. And I was like, why am I shaking? It was an adrenaline dump, I'm assuming, or oh, something with sure. my adrenaline yeah. going on. Yeah. Cause I don't shoot very often and you know, shame on me for not doing it. But <laughs> I was like, cause you always make up, everybody makes up in their head. Oh, something goes down on be calm. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to pull out my gun and I'm going to handle it. You're not, it was weird to me. And if, if, you know, you get this huge, this cold 
touch of your humanity. You're like, I'm just a man. And I was shaking. And I was like, why? And I couldn't stop myself. I was like, I put the gun down. I was, you know, I'm trying breathing techniques. I'm like, what is going on? Dude. I do, 100%. Your girlfriend's but like, I'm, I'm going to show you how it's done. And Jared. my girlfriend was <laughs> clinging him with the 22. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. No, I'm the opposite. I, after 20 years of law enforcement and my time on the SWAT team where we, shot and shot i mean you have to be really proficient to be on that team and that's a good thing obviously but and you need to be proficient to be a law enforcement officer obviously too but uh, i'm kind of one of those blessed people that's uh really kind of a naturally a good shot to begin with and uh, after all that shooting for those years on those uh, so I, I don't enjoy shooting anymore i just mm. i don't i have several guns that uh, i don't touch anymore but you know i'm only shooting maybe three four times a year now and uh I'm just, I'm burned out on it. I just don't want to do it, that but I still sense. got it, you know, and if the time comes where I think I'm, my skills are, you know, it's a perishable skill. And if I think that's starting to happen, then I'll start shooting more again. But yeah, right. I'm over it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so one question I wanted to ask you, so have you ever, I'm sure you have, but over the course of your career and how long, first of all, do you plan on continuing? Well, you know, I'm at the will of the people here, you know, um, you, uh, I just got reelected last November, uh, for my second term here and uh, that's going to go into 26. Um, and we'll see. Um, you know, I'm kind of, I don't like to commit in my first year, you know, I'm only seven years or excuse me, seven months into the, the new term here. Uh, I love this job. I love this community. We've done some amazing things with this department and I could, that, that's a whole nother show if we want to <laughs> talk about it, but um, yeah, I'd like, at this point, if, if the election were today, I, I'd run again. Um, but uh, I kind of want to see the trend of society and, and, uh, if I get voted out, then that that's going to be my last day. I'm not going to go work at a different department somewhere or, you know, I, I'm at that point in life where, uh, if you guys don't want me anymore, then I'll, I'll cash it in. But as long as they want me, I'll, I'll stick around. So. I like that answer. So over the course of your career, at some point, were you ever like a patrol officer, like yep. out doing radar? Yeah. Like I said, I was a canine guy for 15 okay, years. So yeah. uh, that that's, you're just a, basically a regular beat patrol cop that has a dog and uh, you spend a lot of your time doing narcotics or uh, apprehension stuff, you know, biting bad guys. Uh, but other than that, you're going call to call like everybody else. And yeah, traffic and all that other good stuff. So you're interacting with people. Which I still do, by the way. Right. I still work the, the road that's with awesome. my guys. So yeah. Oh, that's really cool. So you're interacting with people throughout the years. And whenever, I, I mean, I hate to base my knowledge on this on a TV show, but I've watched Cops, right? I've oh, watched, man. I know. You're, you're, I just said that to somebody today. It's the dumbest show <laughs> I can't watch cop shows, period. Like fictional or real. Really? I can't. I can't do good. it. Can't do it. Is it made up? Do they make up? Yeah, even? well, it's all embellished. Okay. You know, and it's funny. I, I stopped a guy yesterday. It was, wasn't today. It was yesterday. I was working the road today too, but which is why I'm a little tired on here. When I get tired, I search for words. That's, but uh, That's all right. <laughs> um, I stopped one of the guys from Ice Road Truckers. What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, over on Highway 85 south of Belfield, he was a Canadian dude. And uh, 
He said, yeah, have you seen that show? Like, That's BS. That's, that's nothing like it. Like, <laughs> he's like, well, cops. And I'm like, yeah, it's BS. Yeah, it's exactly. It's, it's all embellished. And yeah. You got to remember that camera's there. And the, yeah. They're going to put a show on for the camera. That makes sense. Very scripted, I suppose. <clears throat> right. And my, my, my further point to that was you're probably interacting over the course of your career with a lot of people who you probably feel like they're lying to you, right? Mm -hmm. In a lot of situations. Sure. So has that at all, I feel like me personally, I feel like that would, I would develop trust issues in mm -hmm. just normal everyday life. Have, do you think you've dealt with any of that? Just your normal life? Um, I think I'm a little bit unique. I shouldn't think. I, I know. I shouldn't say I think. But uh, I'm, uh, I got grief my entire career for being you know, maybe too common. Like cops get into this, this thing where cops hang out with cops and mm. they get in their little cliques. Like I don't hang out with cops. I have one friend that's a, a cop and, uh, outside of that, I mean, obviously I love my staff and, you know, we'll do stuff once in a while, but as a rule, and I'm third generation, my dad's a cop, my grandfather, uh, my, my grandfather's brother was killed in the line of duty at St. Paul actually. Mm. But, uh, I don't, I don't do that. I don't hang out with cops. I hang out with normal normal people like cops are normal people yeah. um i just i, I don't Other do that people, and, yeah. and i and i was always kind of i don't want to say persecuted but the guys treated treated me a little bit different because i never did i i would have uh, you know my family and friends was outside law enforcement and um just i've always been you know i like the blue collar bars you know i i'm just uh, that's what i did before i got into law enforcement i was you know did a lot of labor stuff and, uh, that's, that's just me. And, uh, so you just, yeah, yeah I, I didn't fit the mold. Mm -hmm. And I think that's helped me through my career. I think that's why I'm your guys' sheriff here is because people can identify with me and I can identify with them. You know, um, I'm just a normal guy. I don't, I don't have that you know, I didn't run for sheriff for the power or certainly not for the money because it kind of sucks. But um, <laughs> that's just not my thing. I, I, I wanted to do stuff. I mean, there was stuff at the police department. I was seeing all this, you know, like the community could be so much more involved and there's so many pieces missing and things that I wanted to do. Not that our police department is not doing a good job. They're great. But there was a lot of things like, I want to try this. And, and uh, you know, community-oriented policing is just, that's been my 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 gig you know and they just you know the police department is so busy in this town you know it's not their fault they and they do a great job with community oriented policing don't get me wrong but uh you know i wanted to go to that next level mm. and i wasn't in the position there to do that i was a sergeant you know so uh, when the opportunity to to run for sheriff came up i i, I felt like the department was very deficient at that time. I, you know, they had turnover that was absolutely ridiculous. They were losing 28 people every four years. That's insane, you know, on a department that has 33 employees. Jeez, man. Which was last, back then it was 30 employees, I think. But uh, that's your entire department's flipping over. So no we kidding. reduced that in my first term down to eight people, um, which is amazing. You know, God, that's not me. That's our department. That's... You know, those guys and gals did a great job of uh, really fixing that problem. And, uh, you know, here we are. But And now we're doing all this community-orientated stuff that I was dreaming about. And, and, and thank God I was able to, to get in there and do it. So 
That's awesome. Uh, blessed, blessed life. You know? Yeah. So what's the reason for the turnover? They just like going to like a different place. They, they, they go there to start and then move well, on some to of it, else. some of it is, you know, who you hire. If you're yeah. not a little selective about, you know, the pieces of the puzzle, then, you know, there are people that want to come here, get experience and go somewhere else. There's no doubt about that. But in the same vein, I think these people were leaving more so because they were unhappy. Uh, a lot of the exit interviews that we were seeing from uh, the prior administration was really knocks on how they were doing business and how they were treating their employees and, and, and a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, we're not perfect now. We're, we're not even close, but we're not seeing that. I think maybe I've had one or two employees leave uh, in the five years that I've been here that um, got out of law enforcement. I mean, maybe they weren't happy, but those people got out of law enforcement, you know, those two employees. So, hmm. you know, I, I just don't think they're going to be happy in law enforcement, period. But everybody else is re leaving for the, or left for the right reasons. You know, I'm going to move our, our last gal uh, that just left here a month or two ago, moved down to Oklahoma to be back with her closer to her family, you know, and that's just logistically what she wanted to do. And she's been talking about that for years. So, you know, God bless her for doing that. And she's leaving for the right reason. And our other people have left for retirement or, you know, or, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of what some of them were, but, um, you know, an advancement at a different department or, you know, we have people now in our department that are uh, applying to be emergency manager. So, you know, moving up and if I can help build an employee up and, and move them into a different position somewhere else where the, they want to be, or they're striving to be their entire career. I'll take that loss every day. You know, yeah. do I want to lose them? No, no. But Hey, if we can build somebody up and, and get them working towards their goal. Yeah, that's great. But, uh, yeah, we've been really fortunate. Uh, are we suffering right now for guys? Well, like I said, we not in our department. No, uh, yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of the other departments are are struggling in our area. You know, whether it be the the road departments or or police departments or you know park and rec. I think you know just all that kind of stuff. But mm. um, that's that's nationwide though. Um, so really, I can't put it on. Uh, you know, you know, wouldn't really want to put it on anybody here because our our departments here are great. Our supervisors are here in this community are great. We have great, awesome people in this community. You guys know that. Yeah. But uh, no, with our department, we've just been, I mean, it's just blessed. I just thank God every day. We, we've just been fortunate. And, and you know, I, I'm not going to give all the credit to God, but because uh, we really strive for that. That was one of our really big goals going into it five years ago was, you know, we, we can't operate like this. We cannot lose these kind of people because then you're constantly uh in a state of of flux and you're constantly operating with guys that are one two three years experience that's dangerous that's that's yeah. not good for your community that's dangerous for your other deputies so um no we're sitting great right now it's awesome it's an awesome place to be in how many years for an officer would you say is the right amount of experience where they're kind of past maybe that where they're really hitting their stride yeah Probably about five years in. yeah um, you see, uh, again, the nationwide trend for people leaving law enforcement, if they're kind of in that, I don't know if this is for me kind of stage is three to five years. So, mm. uh, when you get them into that fifth year, you're kind of more apt to keep them at least in the profession. And, uh, then they're kind of getting that confidence that you want to see and that, that swagger. And then to get 
more money put in our sheriff's pocket. Is that something like the? <laughs> is that something like the the city can vote on or something? How does that work? No, no. So again, uh, this is a a weird process, perhaps. But uh, again, for the sake of transparency, um, so typically when the county or city, whoever gives out a raise, it's either a percentage base or it's a dollar. 25 or a dollar raise let's just say a dollar raise and then by that rule you would give every employee a dollar or three percent or four percent well i don't i don't think that's appropriate i don't care for that because there's performance-based issues at every every profession right and ours is no different so i'm not going to give um this guy who's performing like this for you know four percent and then give this guy who's doing absolutely nothing four percent right. and that's a change we just made recently that's not something we we walked in the door because there's kind of a finesse to that you got to mm. you know figure out how you're going to do that and make sure you have the documentation to do that with um, you know evaluations and such so we just take i just figure out what that pot of money is going to equate to so i figure out i got 33 employees they each get a dollar raise. you know what does that come to a year i take that big pot of money and give uh, raises appropriately. Now, could I give myself $20,000 a year raise? I could, <laughs> but I sure as hell don't because, uh, you know, you're that's the quickest way to lose the respect of your employees right. and probably not get reelected too. But so my wage uh, is quite low compared to counties of our size in the state. And that that's on me, you know, mm. so I'm not going to sit here and complain about, you know, not making enough money because I do it to myself. But I gotcha. Is what it is. Okay. So I've got two other questions because we're already at 45 minutes. Oh, boy. I know, right? It goes so, <laughs> so the one question I wanted to ask just recently, what was it? A week ago, two weeks ago, there was a shooting that happened in Fargo. I don't know all of the details, but a lot of people are saying that this guy, he was setting himself up to do... Mm -hmm a much larger shooting. Yep. And obviously that didn't happen and they took him out. Um, that, do we have protocols set up in our town for anything like that? Or is it just like a call 911 thing, basically? Like um, well, here's a part of, you know, we were talking about the Second Amendment earlier. And it takes a village, right? And I'm not, uh, I got to be very careful and delicate here, but <laughs> this is why I talked about earlier, um, you know, if you're going to carry that firearm, you need to train with it. You need to be proficient. You need to be confident because it might be you downtown at first on first that needs, that is the difference between that guy killing 50 people, one person, no people. That might be you down there with that gun stopping that threat, right? It doesn't have right. to be a guy in a uniform. It could be anybody. Um, and I truly believe in that. And, uh, you know, Chicago is the, the great example right now of, you know, trying to eliminate firearms and making them illegal. Look at that disaster. It, it's a freaking mess. And you go into communities, larger cities that encourage people to carry guns. And again, I'm not a gun nut. I don't, 
I don't care if you carry one or not. And uh, I very often, I'm starting to carry it more often now, especially after the Fargo thing. Mm. But for years when I wasn't working, I didn't carry a gun. You know, I just, you know, you lug it around all day at your job. You don't want to carry around when you're off duty, you know. Um, but now, I mean, that, that could be the difference between life and death. And, right. uh, you know, that deal in Fargo, he was definitely looking to... And, you know, maybe I know about a little bit more about it than the general public and I can't speak about some of these things yet, but, uh, you know, he was looking to do some ultimate damage there. He was looking at going downtown and killing as many people as he could. You know, he had those explosive devices that were going to be, you know, they detonated those and it, the damage was horrific. So, uh, you know, he was definitely looking to, to, to do ultimate damage there and, uh, I'm, you know, you kind of get into the psyche there and this is all speculation. I just want to preface that, but you know, why did he stop and engage those law enforcement officers? I mean, that mm. totally had nothing to do with his plan. Um, you know, in my mind, he was maybe creating a diversion, hoping to take those four guys out and then go down and do his damage while everybody came running to that. Um, and I think that's where. And that's what we are looking at in law enforcement is because a lot of the younger guys, especially if the house is on fire over here, they're going to come running over here and forget about their areas of responsibility. You know, right. I don't know if you guys ever played football, but yeah. you had your lane, right? You had your area of responsibility. And uh, if you left that, then bad things were going to happen. And, and law enforcement is very similar to that. You can't lose, can't you, excuse me, leave your area of responsibility. So mm. It's interesting. It's very, yeah, that was that was crazy deep. to hear about. And I don't know. Are, wow, this is one more question. <laughs> so illegal. I don't know if are you seeing any uh, illegal immigrants <laughs> here, like the gang stuff. I was curious about that. Some of the gang stuff too, because you're kind of like seeing the Montana getting into stuff now, mm -hmm. right? Is some of that like moving in over here? Um, you're seeing a lot of, uh, most of our gang related stuff in the area. Again, I don't want to maybe get too much into this, but is where we're seeing our narcotics come from. Mm -hmm. So most of our gang related activity is those that are trafficking narcotics. But, uh, um, again, that's, you know, you talk about bringing a gang into to Dickinson. And this happened when I was a kid up in Minot growing up there. It was this this gang that tried to develop and uh, they got their asses whooped by a bunch of cowboys. But uh, <laughs> I can try that in a small town, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I think you'd still see that here. I really mm. do. I think people would take some things into their own hands. And, right. and God bless them for, to a point, you know, we don't want that in our community. So hopefully our, our citizens... Uh, stand up to that a little bit in the right ways hmm. sounds like we're doing pretty good then everybody breathe a sigh of relief <laughs> all right final question this one someone just a fun little question to get us out of here i heard and i can't remember where i heard it from but some guy was talking about he got pulled over by a police officer once and the police officer told him i don't know if it's true or not but police officer said they have this saying at their department and once again, I don't know. I don't even know if this guy was in our state, but oh he said, okay. we have this saying, eight, you're fine, nine, you're mine. Is that a real thing? 
on the highway uh-huh. if you're speeding. Because a lot of us, myself personally, I feel dangerous at five over on the interstate, right? And I'm like, I'm looking. Well, I'll tell you, you, know? I'll tell you this like, in my personal vehicle, I'm driving five over on the interstate. So. Okay. And I'm just as prone to tickets from a trooper as anybody, right. you guys, because they don't screw around. But uh, um, no, that's not true. That's actually not true. <laughs> I, uh, expect, again, I, you know, I'll go back to to the stigma for me when I was in law enforcement, when I was in law enforcement, when I was a, a city cop. Mm. I'm still law enforcement, but um, I was I was too lenient. Everybody thought I was just way too lenient because my deal was as long as you're not, you know, I think we should talk about the seatbelt law next time because who are you hurting by not wearing your seatbelt yourself? But anyway, mm. um, speeding obviously is one of those violations where you're putting people in danger, right, by doing it. But in the same vein, you know, the legislature is talking about bumping the the speed limit on the interstate up to 85 miles an hour and, and almost got it there. And then it was 80 miles an hour they talked about and whatever. Okay, you're talking about doing this and you almost pass it, but now you expect me to go out there and write tickets for what you were talking about doing anyway, you know? Right. So I look for things that are, you know, at this point in my career and even back then, uh, a little more egregious. Um, and I think you're going to see that. I think if you're, you're out there dealing with an older law enforcement officer, he's going to be a little more, uh, and the young guys are going to be a little more aggressive. And I'll tell you, you know, and this isn't a secret, but when I was out there working narcotics with my dog, would I stop you for nine over? Yeah. Cause I'm <laughs> looking for dope, right? You know? <laughs> so you, uh, we called that, the, the law of averages. If I stop 20 cars, you know, if I stop one or two cars, I'm probably not going to find any dope, right? If I have to stop 20 cars, then you have that quick little interaction, that field interview, and then I'll decide if I'm going to run my dog or not and, and go from there. So you do see a lot of that. I think that's more so why people are getting stopped is guys are looking for more serious stuff. And that's fine. We right. don't want that stuff. And you just have to accept that. And I do that. I've, I've been stopped several times. Hey, that's fine. Was I doing something wrong? Yeah. <laughs> but I'll get a little, I don't want to say snippy, but if you're going to write me a ticket for five over yeah. or 10, I'm going to be like, what? Okay. <laughs> I just don't make, don't if you don't make eye contact, maybe they won't see you. That's you know? <laughs> <laughs> one of those. That's, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's not real either. No, oh, don't, come don't, on. don't do that. <laughs> All right. Now well, you just look more suspicious, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, do you have any social media? Yes. Yeah. So, I have my personal Facebook page, and uh, you know, we have our department Facebook page, which I don't really put personal things on, obviously. But uh, yeah, I don't get into TikTok. I don't get into. Mm. I got rid of my Snapchat last year. You know, you just what's the other one? TikTok. What's the other big one? Instagram. Insta. You know, I, I, I hope she's watching. <laughs> Girlfriend just never. Forty-two-year-old woman never puts her phone down. She's got mm. all these apps and things, and I hope you're watching. <laughs> and 
<laughs> she's just constantly in that phone. Like, I can't live like that. That's why I got rid of Snapchat. You know, that, even that was too much. You know, you're always like Facebook is, is addicting enough. Oh, yeah. What's everybody else doing? What's everybody else doing? Yeah. You know, like worry about what you're doing a little bit more and enjoy life. But you know, I fall into it a little bit on Facebook, but, and I always said when, when I'm done in this profession, I think Facebook's going bye-bye too. You know, I really want, as I get older, you know, more things are going to watch the world pass by. I definitely like it more for like marketplace mainly. It's got its benefits. There's no <laughs> doubt, but I yeah. just can't live like that 24 seven. It's a mess, man. It'll stress you out. Missing the rest of your life. Oh, some people I always tell my girlfriend, <laughs> we're laying in bed. I'm like, come on, put, she's on her phone. I'm like, put your phone down. I'm like, and then she puts it down, and all I wanted her to do was watch a TV show with me. You know, so I'm like, ah. I'm like, did I really? Are we really spending time together? Because then we're just sitting there watching the show. I'm like, put your phone down, watch the show with me. But then we're just sitting there. I'm like, ah, I don't know. Oh, it gets me more is like you're sitting on at the lake or whatever. Just There's take that. it in. Take yeah. it in. Don't be sitting on your phone. Take this. This is nature. It's beautiful. It's we came here to relax and just detox our brains. You're not oh, doing yeah. that when you're on your phone. That's a whole nother show for you guys too. The, the detox. I don't know if you guys have ever looked into that, but mm. uh, the social media diets. Have you ever heard about that? <laughs> I have not. Yeah. So you detox. Your, it's a thing. Look into it. It's just cool. turn your phone off for a while. People step away from it. They, they have actual cognitive, you know, regeneration from not... I can only imagine if mm -hmm. I was able to put my phone down for a month, how positive that would be <laughs> for my life. <laughs> I can't stand it, man. It's even though we're doing it right. But, mm -hmm. you know, I like to do this because I, I want to be beneficial to people. I don't I'm not doing TikTok dances. I mean, that stuff, I feel like is the stuff that's going to weigh you down. Like I always watch the Sean Ryan show. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one. I have heard of Sean Ryan, yeah. You know, I watch those shows and I actually get information from it. It's, you know, they make me think about my life. They, I get to hear people, other people's stories about their lives. That's, mm -hmm. And it's all positive stuff. You know, these people are not there trying to sell you things. They're just telling their life story and it's you're getting something out of it. I'll get emotional sometimes listening to some of the stuff they've gone through. And that's that's good. But then you flip over to, like you said, Instagram or something. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a bikini girl. And it's like, it's it's this weird switch where it's like a second ago, I was on the verge of tears listening to this dude and his positive story. And I'm like, I want to change my life and I want to do this. And and then I'm on, I'm like, oh, that's a nice butt. You know, I'm like, <laughs> like, what is happening right now? It's this weird range of emotions. And one of them is definitely more beneficial than the other, mm -hmm. you know, but for sure, at some point, we should all put them down for a while. Right. Right. I 100% agree with that. But there is, I mean, we, we all have our niches and, uh, you know, I go down rabbit holes of, uh, you know, like Joe Rogan stuff or, uh, you know, you get on YouTube and, and, uh, conspiracy stuff or oh, polar yeah. shift, which you guys probably don't know what that is, but you, you Dude, learn about we polar gotta shift come back, like man. We got some more <laughs> stuff to talk about. <laughs> you see the shirt? <laughs> we got things to discuss, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, and I'd love to touch on that real quick too. Okay. Yeah. We do need to come back and talk Hell about yeah. that. But this alien stuff. Uh, okay. So I was listening to that as I was traveling, uh, Friday, yesterday, it was thir Thursday. So these hearings that they're having, are you okay? Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. 
So it's nice that Washington DC is actually buying into this and, and wanting some transparency for the public. Cause there's, first of all, if you don't believe there's, there's extra terrestrial life in this universe, you're an idiot mm -hmm. to think that we're the only people in this, this big, vast unending universe. Um, it's just not. And plus there's, uh, there's too much to prove otherwise. And I'll tell you guys, I'm going to, I'm leaving after this. Okay. <laughs> uh, a call I had one night. Yes. And this is what I wanted to ask. Okay. <laughs> and yes. what, uh, what scares me even more is I forgot about this for years and whether I forgot about it because of some external reason or force or, well, I don't want to get too crazy in here, but, <laughs> or did I just push it on my brain because people thought I was crazy? I don't know. So, I was driving down the interstate here, right out here, um, one night, and a call came across the radio, and I remember it plain as day, yes, now like it was yesterday, and the dispatcher said, just so you know, and I'm just going to throw a name out there that it's not the actual name, but just so you know, Edith called in, and she says the aliens are here again tonight, so just FYI, or visiting again, I'm like, okay, and I'm driving down the interstate, I think 10-4, hang up the radio, and just as I said that, green light comes up from in town and shoots out in front of me faster than any object I've ever seen in my life. And it wasn't way up in the sky. It was down here and gone. I, like that did not just happen. And it was from the area of where she lives. Really? And she's, I mean, she called in all the time about crazy <laughs> stuff, but maybe she wasn't crazy. I don't know. But, what? but, uh, like, ah, and then I, you know, I went in and told one of my, my coworkers and of course he, you know, goffed at me and whatever. And maybe that's why I just put it out of my head. Like, okay, nobody's mm. going to believe me anyway. So, uh, but then I just forgot. I mean, how do you forget about something like that Dude. for years? And Bro. just, but then I, whatever made it come back, it just came back as vivid as it was the next day. And, uh, it's crazy. And I've seen other things in, in the course of my my life and my career, but that was the most. Wow. Like, well, even if you see some, I'm sure you just try to make it something else. Cause you yeah. want to be like, well, well that can't be what yeah, it was. There's no yeah. way this could have been anything else. I mean, I don't know. No, I'm 100% sold on that. <laughs> yeah. You, you saw you have all that. That's it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. All right. This is BTG squad. We have Corey Lee on the show. Sheriff, by the way, awesome to have you here, man. You, you have Appreciate to come it. back. Thanks for coming on. It's awesome. Yeah, this was incredible. Definitely, we have to do more of these with you. Love to, man. Love to. And uh, we're just going to keep on going, guys. We've got videos, they're floating. You'll see them. Catch you guys <laughs> in the next video. Peace. Later. What's cooler than that? Well, keep it simple, stupid.